Hello, how are you guys doing? Welcome over here. This is episode 55 of the Sweet Succulent Podcast we call Speak the Truth. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. We're actually sitting on a pretty important day. Biden's going to be talking with old Mr. Putin today. Oh, Mr. Putin himself is going to be talking to our strongest president we've ever had in our country's existence. So it's going to be a pretty good one. I'm pretty sure uh, Putin's pretty excited to have a conversation with Biden. Hopefully they can actually understand each other. I mean, it's going to be closed door. It's not going to be open to the public to even know what's going on, which is a good thing. I think that's kind of stuff. I would feel a lot more comfortable, I guess, about the situation if we had a president that was actually had a little bit more testicle fortitude when it came to actually getting things done, especially if we were speaking with a guy like Putin, who was literally, well, a part of the KGB. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if our, our president was really up for the KGB task, but we're, we're good for it. We know we're, we're good. We, we got, got big things coming because he's, be he's offering warnings to him. So at least he's got that under his, under his little tush going into this meeting, which I'm kind of excited about. But thank you so much for listening and watching over here on the YouTube channel. I do appreciate every one of you all. So Biden will, will apparently be warning Mr. Putin that if he orders the Russian forces that are poised currently at the border of Ukraine to invade, that West, Western allies will actually move to cut Russia off from the international financial system and seek direct sanctions against Mr. Putin's closest associates. Apparently, you can get under Putin's skin by pissing off his buddies, the oligarchs, the really, really wealthy men that sit on his left and to his right. But Mr. Putin is supposedly in fear. Apparently, Putin's scared that Ukraine is allying a little bit too close uh, to the West, and that's posing a, a massive threat, apparently, to Russia, is what he's thinking, by buying American weapons and taking advice from U.S. military officials. I'd be scared, too, if I was Putin. Getting, getting advice from our military officials and getting weapons from us is probably not a good thing because we will absolutely crush your ass. <laughs> I don't know if that would happen. We, we, we would definitely win the war. It wouldn't be a crush. It would be a bloodbath, which I, I do believe. Here's another way to look at it. So Ukraine's also been fighting in, in essentially a war for the past eight years. I'm not going to say it's been a war, but at the beginning, I mean, they're, they're, they've learned a lot. There's a lot of tactics they've learned, a lot of stuff they learned not to do. At, when, when Russia first invaded, they should have done it the entire way through. Because the Ukraine military was not ready for them, they were not. They didn't have a lot of, I don't know, history of fighting. I guess you would say here recently, you know, like they, they really didn't. But now they've been trained by the United States military. Special operations has been in there doing training with them, get them kind of prepped and ready. So now it'll be a little bit harder of a fight, just to say the least. But just think about it. I mean, they've been training literally for the last, I don't know, handful of years for this moment. So it, it wouldn't be just be Russia walking all over Ukraine. I don't think so, at least. Especially, I mean, it, it, they have a lot of, like, testicle fortitude for their country, and they love their country so much, that is Ukraine. They're not going to let them just walk all over them. So Biden's aides are doubtful there's any diplomatic process they can offer Mr. Putin that would dissuade him from actually uh, finishing out his fundamental goal of destabilizing President Vladimir Zelensky's pro-Western government in Ukraine. He is not a big fan of of the fact that they are so pro, pro-Western because it's going to hurt him. Well, he doesn't like having a pro-Western country touching his borders. But if you guys do not know, uh, they the, the troop movements are easy visible on in satellite images so they know what's really kind of going on. I mean, when you're amassing that many troops, I mean, you can kind of have an understanding of what's going on on the border. Russia is already employing a familiar campaign of disinformation, cyber attacks, and military intimidation to the unseat of the country's leadership. It's the same thing they did when they wanted to Crimea. 
Under discussion are steps as extreme as cutting off Russia's access to international financial settlement systems called SWIFT and a series of restrictions on its banks like those honed in the effort to impose sanctions on Iran. That's a good thing. Hit them where it hurts, their wallet. If they have the same, I think we actually talked about this yesterday, if they have the same type of, of sanctions that Iran has, they probably won't be as nearly as, well, imagine if they have the same sanctions as, as like, say, North Korea. I mean, you're cutting them off in the entire world. Big problem there is, I, I believe that Russia actually supplies a bunch of Europe with, with like oil and gas or just energy in general. But some administration officials believe that Mr. Putin views Mr. Biden as distracted. I actually believe it's a bit more than just distracted. I think they view him as weak. He is an, he is an older man, and, it's, and it, the timing of this is kind of interesting because they did it during the Obama administration because they knew that they wasn't going to do anything. Guess what? Didn't do anything. He didn't do anything, not a single lick of anything, when Trump was in office. I'm not saying that Trump is like a really strong individual. He's just an old man as well. But Trump's got a little bit of an ego, and I think Mr. Putin does as well, clearly. I would assume Putin knew that Trump would actually do something because he didn't want to he, he didn't want to seem weak. But we do have a weak president currently, and he knows he could probably get away with quite a bit of stuff. Apparently, they think he's distracted, focused on COVID-19 at home and China abroad. He may see this as a chance to reconstitute a piece of the old Soviet Union they fear at a moment when Germany is changing leadership and France is facing an election. Inside the administration, there's concern Mr. Putin may try to use Belarus, whose leader is clinging to power and appears to, uh, appears to increasingly align with Mr. Putin as pathway to move against Kiev. Opposition inside of Russia to Mr. Putin's plans suggests that by January he may have as many as 175,000 troops at the border, which we all know he has roughly 100,000 as of right now. I've, I've read stuff that says he has 90, 100, 125. No one really knows. I mean, these are just pretty much ballpark guesstimates, but 100,000 sitting there right now. He can have an additional 75 there by end of January, which I don't doubt. I mean, that shouldn't be too difficult. The senior administration official also said that there had been a significant spike in social media pushing Russian propaganda that followed the pattern of Russian actions in 2014, just before the invasion and annexation, uh, annexation of Crimea. I think I actually said that here a second ago. But same things going on. Social media disruption, misinformation being spread. It's pretty pretty common tactic. I mean, I think all governments do that. I don't know. Russia and China are pretty good at it. More Better than us, I guess, but... We also, I would assume we're not going to be sending any U.S. troops over there. So anyone who's worried about that, that's not going to happen. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see us needing to. I don't think it'd be a good look on Biden either. I wouldn't mind. I'm sure there's a lot of pipe hitters that wouldn't mind as well. I mean, they would probably enjoy doing it. I just know how men in the military are. I guess men and women in the military are. And they're, they're all the same. They all just want to get out there and get after it. I no doubt. Actually, you know what I say that there's a lot of people that join the military just to get free college and they may have been in a bad situation, but a lot of the pipe hitters out there are probably like, yeah, sure. Let's go. I don't care. I'll go shoot at Russians. Don't care. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of them that are like that. Hell, I was one of those guys. Whoever we got to fight, just let's, let's go do it. Why not? Hit them in the teeth. Yeah, but this is actually from the Ukrainian defense minister himself. He said there would be a really uh, his exact words were really bloody massacre if Russia decides to invade Ukraine and warn that Russia, uh, that Russian guys will also come back in coffins. I mean, that's not a super big threat. I mean, we, we all pretty much know that if you 
get two sides pointing guns at each other, there's probably going to be some coming back in body bags. But anyway, if he said that he could advise President Ivana, I would like him to articulate to Mr. Putin that no red lines from the Kremlin should be should should be here. The red line is here in Ukraine and civilized world will react without hesitation. Eh, I just think they're going to have to nut up here. You know, it's going to happen if it I don't I don't I don't personally don't see it happening. Whoops. Smack the mic there. Sorry if it's a little bit loud. I don't think it personally going to happen. The only reason why I say that, it all depends on what Biden says, by the way. I want to say that real quick. If Biden has really, really strict sanctions on any type of, I don't know, invasion into, into Ukraine, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, he doesn't want to be cut off from the world. This, this, after reading through this and, and speaking about it, as you guys do know, I mean, you have all the stuff that's going on over there. This is probably a good time to do it because there's a little bit of chaos over there in Europe. And everybody's apparently worried about the Omicron. Omicron, Omicron. The same gentleman stresses this. Russia, Russian invasion, if it happens, would be disastrous consequences for whole European con- continent. With an estimated four to five million Ukrainian, Ukrainians possibly needing to seek refuge in Europe, Ukraine is also a major food supplier to Europe and Africa supplies, which he said would be disrupted. The Kremlin is demanding a legal commitment that NATO will not be expanded eastwards to enclave Ukraine and that NATO military infrastructure like missile systems will not be brought up in the country. So that's a big thing right there. They don't want uh, Ukraine to, to join NATO. I would be gl- I, I would love for it. Why not? Send it. Do it. That means we just could stick missile systems over there, which is kind of crazy. They don't want missile systems in Ukraine that could be touching anywhere in Russia, but Russia already has missiles that could touch literally every major city in Europe. They just, they just don't want us to have, or want anybody to have, I guess it doesn't have to be us, but doesn't want... Ukraine to have the capability of touching anything over there, if need be. Oh, man. What an is- interesting time we live in, huh? What do you guys think? I love it. I, I Actually, this has probably been the most least enjoyable year of my life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I try to enjoy every day. All right, so we're going to move away from that. I'm sure we're going to know a little bit more here tomorrow. I guess we'll talk about it tomorrow whenever we find out what actually, when I if we find out what actually goes on, because like I said, it was a closed door Meaning, but I want to tell you guys, Omicron, Omicron, Omicron. Got a little bit of update for you guys. I know I'm going to make it quick, short, and fast. So COVID-19 virus currently is spreading faster than ever in South Africa. And I'm actually looking at the chart, and yes, it is. It is literally a straight up, straight up. Indication of how the new variant is driving the pandemic, but there are early indications that the actual new variant may cause less serious illness than other forms of the virus. Patients with the coronavirus are much less sick than those they've treated before. And the other hospitals are seeing the same trends. In fact, most of their infected patients were admitted for other reasons than having no COVID symptoms. So scientists actually caution against placing too much stock in either the potential good news of less severity or bad news, like early evidence that prior coronavirus infections offer little immunity to the new virus. The variant was just discovered last month, and more study is needed before experts can say much much about it with confidence. Beyond that, the true impact of the coronavirus is not always felt immediately, with hospitalizations and deaths often lagging considerably behind initial outbreaks. We will say that that is actually very true. That's very true. But when we had the first outbreaks, we were actually having some issues with what people breathing. This time they don't. And they just have been noticing like body aches and pains, which is a good thing. I like this. I like seeing this. This is good for the stock market. This is good for people's mental health. They don't have to live in fear always, which I don't know if that's ever going to change, but there's probably a certain group of people that are always going to live in a bubble when it comes to this thing. 
World leaders who were accused of responding too slowly or weakly earlier in the pandemic are eager to be seen as taking action, though some experts question whether the travel restriction are an overreaction. And I believe that is also very true. I think you have a lot of people who are trying to grasp for straws here that may be struggling in polls. Biden be one of them. I don't know. I mean, I do remember when he said that it was racist for Trump for stopping flights coming in from China. And then instantly he does the same thing with people coming in from South Africa. I'm going to throw that one out there as well. That is a very true statement. So if you're YouTube having to approve this video, not spreading misinformation, that's facts. All right. Anyway, 42 patients with the virus who were in the hospital last Thursday and found that 29 of them, which is 70%, were breathing ordinary air, which is a big deal. Of those 13 using supplemental oxygen, four had it for reasons unrelated to COVID. So you only had nine. Nine people out of the 42 needed air. I'm a numbers guy. I enjoy numbers. So there you go. There's your percentages. Doesn't look to be affecting people is, is bad, but it is spreading at a faster rate, which I, I believe, I don't want to say I'm, I am correct, but I believe as variants go on of viruses, I believe they tend to get weaker, but they may find a way to spread faster. But if they spread faster, sometimes, I'm not, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but I've done way too much reading on this shit. As they spread faster, sometimes they become weaker, you know. That didn't really help him happen with Delta, though. So I want to say right now, this one's kind of crazy. I always thought about this as a kid. I used to live in Washington State. And when I lived in Washington State, I always thought about the fact that it was, it was always cloudy. And I always wished that we had created a giant fan so we can blow the clouds away from the sky. Because I literally, I literally thought about that. Man, what if, the, what if we can just create a cloud, that, or excuse me, a fan that would just blow the clouds away? Because it was just constantly cloudy there. Apparently, China's been doing something like that for a while, and I didn't even know about it. I'm sure not. Did you know about this? No, they didn't create fans. They created something even more fucking wild, of course, because they're China. The Chinese government has been... It's just so crazy to me. I live at the time that this is happening. Which is, You know why this is crazy? Because 130 years ago, they were still riding fucking horses around in mud roads. All right. The Chinese government has been enthusiastic proponent of cloud seeding technology. They've spent billions of dollars on efforts to manipulate the weather to protect agricultural regions or improving significant events. I had no idea this was going on. Legit, think about it. 130 years ago, it was 1900, late 1800s, them some were still riding around, horse and buggy, no electricity, and now these bitches are shooting rockets into fucking clouds to make them rain. What in the world is going on? Like, how? Cloud seeding is a weather modification technique which sees the adding of chemicals like small particles of silver iodide to clouds, causing water droplets to cluster around them and increase the chance of precipitation. Holy shit. Whoa! A two-hour cloud seeding operation was launched at the evening of some ceremony, apparently. In residents nearby mountain regions reported seeing rockets shot into the sky on the 30th of June. The paper said the rockets were carrying silver iodine into the sky to stimulate rainfall. They are literally shooting rockets into clouds, like air cluster bombs, or missiles, excuse me, and they're exploding this silver iodine. You can't tell me that's not crazy, Charles. You can't say, wow, that's wild. Beijing announced plans to expand its experimental weather modification program to an area that is one and a half times the size of India. <laughs> yeah, that made him look up. One and a half times the size of India. And they're going to cover it with artificial rain and snow. Literally one and a half times the size of India. And they're going to cover it with rain and snow. 
China is clearly it's currently spent more than 1.3 billion dollars on technology that fires iodine-packed shells to disrupt unfavorable weather fronts that has helped reduce 70% of hail damage annually. They've spent literally 1.3 billion dollars to to reduce the amount of hail damage in our agricultural regions, which I guess is a pretty good thing cuz hail does destroy crops and everything else, but whoa, that is mind-blowing to me. I didn't know this was even going on. I'm sure there's probably thousands of you who are listening to this right now who had no idea that was even going on either. That is fucking wild to me. Whoa! Way to go, China! <laughs> Disrupting clouds. I have, I have no idea how that's going to really affect the rest of the world. Imagine, this, they're literally changing weather patterns in China. They're changing weather patterns. I know some, someone's going to get less rain or some shit. Because there's only so much water on planet Earth, and all of it literally just recycles. Did you know that I, I read a thing that every human has drank dinosaur piss? So the chances are that in every glass of water that you drink, there is some part of the water that which has passed through a dinosaur at one point in time. It also says that most of the water molecules have never been drunk by another human. However, almost every single one has been drunk by a dinosaur. We are drinking dinosaur urine in every glass of water. There you go. How the f*** I went from talking about China to dinosaur urine is way beyond me, but that's how, that's how it works here. No idea how that, how that ended up like that. Oh, good friends, Antifa. How you guys doing, Antifa? Hope you guys are having a fantastic day because you guys got yourself a little bit of trouble in California, which is actually kind of crazy. And it's even crazier that it was at a pro-Trump protesters or against pro-Trump protesters. Wow, that's actually kind of a tongue twister. Video evidence analysis shows that overwhelmingly the violence... Wow, talk about tongue twisters in one, in one little sentence. Video evidence analysis shows that overwhelmingly the violence... In the incident was actually perpetrated by Antifa affiliates and was not mutual fray with both sides, crossing out lawful First Amendment expression into riot and violence. The defendants are self-identified to be affiliated with anti-fascists or Antifa and gathered on January 9th in San Diego to take, take direct action against pro-Trump people, the, the Patriot March. A direct action is defined as acts of violence such as assault, battery assault with the deadly weapons, arson, and vandalism. This is the first time this has ever been hap- or ever happened to Antifa, and this is a good thing. May make them reconsider, and it's a good thing because this is actually happening in California of all places. They face charges such as assault, conspiracy to commit a riot, and illegal use of tear gas. They accused of using tear gas stick flagpoles and other items to attack Trump supporters. The case allegedly... The f- is the first to use conspiracy charges against suspected Antifa members, which I think is good. I think we need to need to do this more often. I think there was roughly, there was 10 of them. They have their names listed here, and they're actually looking. They got a search warrant out for another one. The ages of these people are kind of what you would anticipate between 20, 21 and uh, 30, 39, 40 years old. So pretty much everybody. Probably has a mixture of blue hair, nose rings, and circle glasses. All right. Just kidding. Calm down. If you're one of those people, I'm just joking with you. Just joshing. Oh, shit. This one's also kind of a, an interesting little deal. You guys all know our, our good friend Chris Cuomo. Never met the guy. Not a good friend of mine. Just, just for some reason I had to say that. <laughs> He's actually prepping to sue CNN, which is crazy to me. He's a, I played the love, love, hate, love, excuse me, love, love relationship for, for God knows how long. And I think everybody in the outside world could see right through that Cuomo was kind of like not saying anything about what was going on with his brother. And now it's coming out once he gets, he get, he got, what was it? Uh, anyway, he didn't get initially fired. He was suspended, I believe, from the company for indefinitely. There we go. Indefinitely suspended. Whatever. I don't know. He got fired here recently. 
Chris Cuomo is set to sue the network if it balks at paying him at least $18 million to cover what's left on his contract. I'm going to assume within the contract he probably has stipulations that if anything bad comes against him and he says anything, it's, they probably don't have to pay him. He has hired lawyers and is preparing to file the lawsuit over the remainder of his four-year contract he signed last year after a bitter back and forth about the network, knew of his secret efforts to aid his embattled brother. Man, CNN is just not having, they're not having a good year. Not having a good year. His contract was reportedly worth $6 million annually, leaving between $18 million and $20 million that he would be owed. Holy shit, why aren't they paying me even half that? I could get on there. I could be a CNN goer. They would love me. I'd bring the viewership up significantly. Come on, CNN, bring it on. Put me on your late night host. I'll be, uh, what would they title me? I know what it'd be titled. Title of the show, Confused as f- That is it. <laughs> How the hell did I end up here? I don't know. CNN actually said they have no intention of paying Chris Cuomo a penny. That's coming from an insider. If he gets a settlement, there would be an uproar. Oh, my gosh. Lawyers told CNN that documents gave the network legal grounds to fire Cuomo primetime for contracting or excuse me, contacting sources about planned new reports regarding his brother as well as trying to dig up dirt on at least one of Andrew's accusers. Hopefully it's not the case because that's not a good thing to do. This is a bad look overall. In response, CNN blasted its former 9 p.m. weekday host saying he has made a number of accusations that are patently false. This reinforces why he was terminated for violating our standard and practices as well as a lack of candor. So there you go. CNN's probably not going to have to pay him. I would assume they won't have to, especially if it, this last little piece is true, which is kind of crazy because one week ago they loved the guy. Now they hate him. They hate each other. Humans. It's funny. This last piece, though. This is kind of a sad one. Kind of sucks to be in L.A., mainly because you guys have terrible taxes. Your leadership's terrible. Cops can't do their jobs. I, it's just it's just a terrible place. Crimes is crazy in that city. Let's just throw something else on there. A total of 113 L.A. city firefighters have been removed from duty without pay, without pay, by the way, for failing to meet the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. 113. You know what? I'm going to look something up real quick because I actually don't know, and I would like to know. I know a firefighter. I need to know the answer to this. I cannot find the exacts. I'm trying to figure out how many firefighters 113 is when it equates to how many stations that is. From what I found, the number would be very shocking, honestly. From what I'm reading here on how many you would think 113 would actually equate to when it comes to actual stations, but I just texted an actual fire buddy. I don't know. (laughs) Fire buddy. Because you'd be very shocked, by the way, as well, when it comes to police stations and how many police are actually out on patrol on every day. You'd be very shocked. It's not as many as you probably think. It really isn't. I, I, what I'm reading here, well, it might be, might be true. You know the amount of money in time it takes for one individual to become a firefighter? Not only just that, they may get their qualifications to become a firefighter, but then they have to have EMS training at the same time in certain stations. Oh, my God. I don't know why they don't put that into consideration as well. That's that's pretty nuts. My buddy's saying right here is very so much. It can it it could depend on med units that usually cross staff, so minimal four to six, and no more than ten, maybe twelve at a bigger city. And I just asked him another question, but if they, if that's the case, that means you're looking at ten entire stations worth of men and women firefighters and themselves. <laughs> I mean that is pretty. That seems pretty significant. I mean I. I'm just an average person here, you know, trying to use some common sense. They say they do it differently in L.A. They have county fire and city fire, and then they also have a department of forestry, which is the biggest fire department in the United States, which we all know. California has a significant fire problem when it comes to wildfires. So 
Anyway, with that being said, if, from, a, from a normal standpoint, from looking at it just from the outside in, you're looking at a maximum of 10, is what he's saying? That's crazy. I mean, that, that's, that could be kind of significant. Either way, it is pretty significant. It's still 113 people. <sighs> I don't know numbers on that, so I'm not going to speculate, but we'll just say on an average, an average station in America, you'd be looking at 10 entire stations worth of men and women that would be relieved of duty. I don't. I mean, wow. Anyway, I hope you guys did enjoy this podcast over here. We're gonna we're gonna wait to see what comes on with this whole Kremlin and everything here later on. I guess today. I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna look into it until tomorrow morning. But uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Make sure to subscribe to the channel if you're not already, so you can guys can see all the cringe TikTok stuff that we're gonna have coming out. I am out of here. I gotta go get a birth certificate actually. So I do love you guys. I'm out.